Divas fans, welcome to episode 23 of Scourge Divas. I'm Kirsty and I'm joined by everyone's favourite West Coast angry diva, Casey. Hi! How the fuck are you? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're back. Fucking. Fucking. It's just, it's just fucking. We're still in lockdown, which is, is really shit. It is, it's awful, but it's, it's unfortunately still necessary, regardless of what your governments are saying. Is it just me? Or have you completely... Does it feel like we've been doing this forever? Yes. Like, does it just feel like this has always been how it's been? Yeah. Yeah, like, it does. It's just horrendous. It is. It's awful. It feels like years since I've seen anyone except my flatmate. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it's just... It's weird. It, it feels genuinely like this has just been how it's... Like, I've forgotten what it's like to not have to think about this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wait, it's, been, it's been a while since we last recorded an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a baby. You did? Which <laughs> inhibited us from recording for quite some time. I had a baby and some uh, cheeky wee major surgery alongside it, which was not the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. But, but you made an adorable human. I did make an adorable human, and she's now old enough to um, not require lying on top of somebody to be asleep. And I can move again, but- which is good, because before I could hardly move. That's excellent. It's just it's been a very difficult few weeks, but we're we're back. Um, I have no idea what's going on in Magic because I haven't played any of the new set. I have. I've played lots of it. You've played lots. You've been streaming. Yes, streaming a lot. Which is good. People have been kind of keeping up with us through streaming. Yeah. Uh, you played in a the Red Bull Untapped tournament yesterday. Was it? That no, was the qualifier, wasn't it? Yeah, the Red Bull Untapped qualifier. So you the, played in that. The largest uh, online magic tournament ever. Yeah, it was like, didn't like 4,000 or something people originally signed up and then 2,000-ish, I think, something like that, turned up to play? Yeah, it was It was 4,500 signed up, making it the... Um, on sign-ups, it would have been the largest magic tournament, full stop. Um, with the... The number of people that didn't show up, which was to be expected. It was a free online tournament. Um, yeah, two and a half thousand showed up to play. So it was the largest online tournament uh, by far ever. And in the top ten of biggest magic tournaments of all time. What is the biggest magic tournament of all time? Was uh, it that GP they had in Vegas? Uh, yeah, it's one of the modern Masters GPs in Vegas. There's there's some contention because the uh, the second modern Masters, I think it was, um, had just over four and a half thousand players. Um, the third one, the listed player count, is about seven thousand three hundred. Holy shit! But that was the one that they split over two GPs, so they had two Grand Prix running simultaneously. So they that player figure isn't for one tournament. It's it's for two tournaments running simultaneously at the same time in the same venue. So there were 7,300 or whatever players playing the same format of Magic at the same time in the same venue, but they split it over two events. So... There's there's some contention over how you how you argue that figure because it's not one tournament of seven thousand three hundred people it's two tournaments of like three thousand six hundred. Sure. Was it kind of like that GP in Birmingham where they had like a standard and a legacy one running at the same time, but this one was two modern. Was it modern? Well, two modern masters. 
Modern Masters sealed. So right. the the difference was when when they did that uh, with the the standard and the legacy, the the legacy was like over Friday Saturday. Yeah. And the standard was over Saturday Sunday. All right, so this was just the Modern Masters sealed ones. They were simultaneous. Right. So there were seven and a half thousand unique players. Right. Whereas with the standard and the legacy, there would have been dropouts from the legacy that also played the standard. Okay, I got you. That's uh, that's that's a horrendous amount of people to have in one room at the same time playing Magic. And it, in Las Vegas, is, yeah. I can taste the air. Oh no no no! It would, it, I mean, I'm not going to say it would have been fine, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near as bad as you think, because the um, convention centres in Las Vegas are made for having like the aircon running full blast all the time. I suppose, it's, but... Just... I'm not going to say it wouldn't have been unpleasant, but it's not going to have been hot. No, it's not like... I mean, there was one... There's one... Um, you might have been at it, actually. There's one European GP that I'm thinking of that this, this did not happen. Was it one of the Italian oh, ones or French? No, I think it's Lille. I think it's Lille. I've, I've managed to avoid them all. Um, but, yeah, there was... That was that was GP judges in shorts. Yeah. They, they relaxed the uniform code for the judges because... Yeah, it was too hot. In fact, I think there was a, a Pro Tour or a Mythic Championship in Amsterdam where it was so hot they let the judges judge in like shorts and t-shirt and only the on-camera judges had to wear uniform. Like, a lot of you, like, this is a, something a lot of people don't understand and um, it's when when we get like really hot weather in Scotland, for example, which happens like maybe... Like, well, we get hot days in summer, but I'm talking like really, really hot weather, like abnormally hot which happens occasionally like i think last last year we had an enormous heat wave or was it the year before time has lost all meaning um but there was one there was one year we were having like 30 something plus celsius mm-hmm. um for like multiple days at a time and it was like killing old people it was that hot do you remember do you remember that like horrendous heat wave i do, I do. it was it, it wasn't last year it was the year before and like i i understand that there are places like the south of Europe or Texas that get these temperatures all the time. And, that, and people are like, people actually point it out. Like, you'll complain yeah. about it and they'll be like, oh, you should come to, um, like, I think of a really hot, like Las Vegas, for example, or like yeah. Arizona or somewhere really hot. Yeah. Like, and it's like, okay, sure, but whenever I've been to Florida in the States, which is also really hot, like, your houses are built to be cool. Yeah, your your infrastructure is built to handle it. They've got like no marbly floors on all the houses in Florida because it's like there's no car- not really many carpets or anything. It's just it's cool. You've got air con, everything's all airy. You've got pools. Like yeah, all, all the buildings are white. Everything's good. Like I I remember talking to one of my friends. I have a friend who lives in Atlanta. Um, and we were talking about air con, and I was like, he was asking about air con. I was like, I don't have air con at my house, and he's like, what? <laughs> he was like, what do you do in the summer? And it's like put a jumper on and go outside. Yeah, like it's Scotland. But like people don't understand, like we our houses are because we we we're we have such cold weather. We're such a sort of we're much milder climate. Mm-hmm. Our weather tends to be colder. Yeah. Our houses are built specifically to keep heat in. Yeah. Like we have insulated lofts. We have like um like you know central heating. The walls are really thick. Like mm-hmm. our houses are built to to trap heat because it's generally much. The cold weather is much more of an issue than the hot weather generally. Yeah, and it's it's much more efficient to open a window than than it is to like run an air conditioning system. Yeah, but it's like when when it gets really hot, our houses are not built 
to be cool. Like when it gets yeah. hot, the heat the heat gets kept in. Like the heat rises, and when it gets to like our lofts, which are all they've got like fucking fiberglass insulation panels and that in it, like it just stays it gets there. trapped. Yeah. Yeah. Our our buildings are not meant for uh really 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 hot weather. Like they're all built to they're all built to keep it a sort of mild temperature. Yeah. Importantly, like, neither is our public transport. No, like the road, <laughs> like it was so hot like two years ago that the the tar on the roads was melting. Yeah. Like, it was literally melting the roads. I, I don't know if that happens in the States, or if your roads are made of different shit than ours are, but it was actually, it was so hot that it was melting the roads. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't even remember how we got onto this. Were we talking about GPs? We were yeah, talking about you know, GPs, yeah. When you're complaining about the hot weather and people in really hot places start going, oh, that's not that hot. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, it, it, kind, of, it kind of is for us. Mm-hmm. It's just, that happens every single time. Yeah. People going, oh, well, you should come over here. And it's like, well, it's probably nicer over there in, in, in weather like this because, you know, you've got your air-conditioned houses. Yeah, and then we get a cold spike because that happens as well. And people who live in much colder places are like, oh, you should come live here. Yeah, yeah but again, that's... your infrastructure's built for that. <laughs> like, our, our climate generally in Scotland is so fucking mild. Yeah. Like, we get kind of hot, nice hot days in, in the summer. And it's got, I would say it's got, over the past few years, it's got noticeably more extreme. Yes. Because probably, you know, like, climate change or whatever. But normally it's like, it's kind of cold in the winter. It's kind of warm in the summer. But it's very sort of base level. So we've built our entire country on, like, base level climate. Yeah. And o- over the past few years, it started to, like, swing more extreme. And, in, in, uh, like, we had the beast from the east a few years ago, which was, like, the big snowstorm that mm-hmm. actually shut down the whole country for, two day- like, two or three days. Yeah. Like, literally shut down the country. There was no public transport. Everything was shut it was kind of like practice for quarantine when you think about it. It kind of was. <laughs> Except there was like snow up to your knees. Yeah. Like it was, we just, we don't, we don't have, we haven't built our country on extremes of climate and now that they're happening, we we can't cope with it. But all the people yeah. that do have infrastructures that are built to cope with that are like looking at it like you amateurs. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but you know, when we built our entire country and like, you know, the whatever or built all this shit in the, the, the 70s and 80s or whatever. Like, Never mind the 70s and 80s, the 17 and 1800s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking more like modern sort of infrastructure. Sure. Like, I don't know what would be built in the 17 and 1800s that would still be kind of like falling apart if it was really hot. I don't know. I was thinking like buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, basically, let us moan about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally what we do. It like, is. We haven't even done our, our How's the Weather with You little bit that we normally do in our intro. It's fucking shite today. Yeah, it's, it's shite. But it's also been like the hot, it's been the hottest like April and May ever and we can't go outside. So, you know, thanks, coronavirus. Um, Before we start talking about magic, I'm going to, because we, we did we did record an episode before I had the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I never kind of, we never got around to editing it because I was like completely out of it basically and then I had the baby and I was really ill and so we, we have like half an episode recorded but one of the th- one of the, th- the things that we did record while we were doing that was uh we, we got some fan mail from one of our friends and listeners um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in before we move on to talking about Ikoria because it was it was our first piece of fan mail and it genuinely brought us so much joy we were so excited I still am excited yeah, I had it here I was so thrilled so uh well you can you can listen to us talking about our fan mail and then we'll talk about Ikoria. Yeah. 
I'm going to open the envelope and then I'm going to like feel around inside and then on the count of three we can just whip it out, so to speak. Just whip it out, eh? Just whip it out, aye. Okay, okay. I've got something. Okay, it's, I, I, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Alright, one, two, three. <laughs> oh my god, it's an ugly table! It's an oh, ugly so table, cool. it's amazing! Oh my god, that's... I wish you could see my face right now. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's an ugly table. For people that didn't watch our Chandelier stream, I'm so excited. This, this is so cool. It and it's signed as well. It's a signed ugly table. Oh, my God. Do we want to watch our Chandelier stream? Uh, you have to go look up the card on you. It's like the, the ugliest it's table so in the world. But I'm, I'm super attached to it. It's so cute. Oh, it's an on Oh, I'm so excited, Ape. Thank you. Thank you, Ape. It's, I'm going to treasure this. I need to find a deck to play this in. Oh my god, you have to. 100%. Put it in your commander deck. It's, it's an artifact. I don't have an artifact commander deck. So I'll just put it in any commander <laughs> deck. <laughs> but both my commander <laughs> decks have themes. I could build a new one. Build a furniture-based. I don't know who your commander would be. <laughs> like a furniture-based. A furniture-based. Is there a legendary artifact that looks like... Oh no, you can't have that well. Is there a legendary... Legendary creature that makes artifacts or something? Uh, Joyra, Dalakos. Dalakos is mainly equipment. But... What about um? I'm trying to think of like like some carpentry related. Felden. What does that do? Um, I mean Felden's an artificer. That that could work. There must be some some furniture related. Which is a really weird sentence I never thought I'd say. I mean, you can't have Dance of the Mans as a, a commander, unfortunately. No, but you have to put it in. Oh, obviously. Apparently Aisha Tanaka is an artificer for some reason. I'm going to Google MTG Furniture and I really feel like it's not going to give me the results that I want. No. Yeah, that's just like storage furniture. There's a YouTube video called When Furniture Attacks. That sounds amazing. Which, oh my god, you have to put Kitchen Finks in it because it sounds like... Like an kitchen yeah. Yeah. What other furniture? That's that's actually a challenge for our listeners this week. Is that uh, if you can th- if you can think of a suitable commander for a furniture themed commander deck. I think the obvious one is Joy Your Weatherlight Captain because she would draw me a card every time I played an artifact. But she's not really furniture related. No, that's. I was hoping for something a bit more like in your face. Yeah. Obvious to do with furniture, but I can't think of one at the top of my head. If if anyone listening can think of can think of a a good furniture related commander, please send us suggestions, and uh, I'll 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 convince Casey to build the best one. Yes, because you got to put Onulet in a commander deck. I love Onulet. Oh yeah, obviously. It's so cute. It's amazing. My ugly little table. Casey, you've you've been playing a lot of Magic. I have. There's nothing else to do. There is nothing else to do. And it's all online, no paper magic. Yep. But I have not been playing really any magic because I have had my hands full with other things. Mm-hmm. I've seen a little bit being played and I've I've seen a lot of like Twitter discourse, which is probably not the discourse you want to be keeping on top of, but Absolutely not. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you now be my, my guide through the world of Ikoria. Okay. And we're gonna do it and I'm gonna ask you two two different questions or for two different perspectives sure the first one is for on the set as a whole so i guess kind of like um like limited i guess just what the set's like as a, as a whole to play like what the cards are like what what you like and dislike about it and then i'm going to ask you about standard 
Okay. Because that's where I have a real vested interest. Sure. Um, and I, I haven't played any standard. I'm kind of at the moment not sure if I want to play any standard, but we'll get to that. So, like, from the top, Ikoria as a set, what's it like? So, from a from a limited perspective, there's kind of there's kind of two different environments, and they're they're quite um they're quite polarized more so than normal between uh sealed and draft, because in draft the cycling deck exists. And it's it, it basically doesn't in sealed unless you spike an absolute god pull you don't have to worry about the cycling deck in sealed. Um, I like the way you say you don't have to worry about it immediately. Now I know now I know where this is going. Yeah, in in draft you do need to worry about the cycling deck, and I've not done many bot drafts because um, player draft is now on arena. Oh and... yeah, that's a th- that's the thing. Finally, yeah, player draft. And and it's sweet as fuck because player drafts are way more balanced than bot drafts. Um, but yeah, so the 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 elephant in the room with Aquaria Limited is the cycling deck. If someone gets the cycling deck, if they're the only player at the the table drafting the cycling deck, then their deck's busted. It's just like the deck is being played in standard. Yeah, that's that's how good it is. Um, and you can you can arguably get a better version in limited because you're only forty cards, and you can have more than four copies of your on color cycling spells in theory. But the 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 big the big things with the cycling deck are zenith flare is an uncommon, and it's your finisher. Um, so for anyone that's I anyone can't... that's like me and and doesn't hasn't really seen a lot of the cards. What does Zenith Flare do? Also educate me because I haven't got a clue. Okay, so Zenith Flare is an instant. It costs two, a white and a red and it deals damage to any target equal to the number of cards with cycling in your graveyard and you gain that much life. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, with the number of cards in the set that have cycling for one generic mana at common, like you can you can easily build a deck with twenty five cycling one cards. Yeah. Like it's not it's not out of the question that you could have a deck with twenty five cards that have cycling one. Twenty plus is e- doable. To basically just like play lands, ship a load of shit into your graveyard, and then play a zenith flare and kill them. Pretty much. Oh, you don't even have to cycle them though. If you have like instants and sorceries and stuff with cycling, you could just play them. Actually, you could just the... play them. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. That seems really good. But but it's nine times out of ten, it's more efficient to cycle them yeah. because they have cycling one. Um, you've also got things like Dranith Stinger and Dranith Healer, which are again they're commons. Um, they are one in a red or one in a white, respectively. They are two two creatures, so they're, they're like they're they're a bear. It's respectable. Um, they have cycling one, and they each have an ability that triggers when you cycle a card. Yeah. The stinger deals one damage to your opponent. The healer gains you a life. Right. And there's no limit to the number of times that can happen. Yikes. There's another creature which is one in a white. It's called Valiant Rescuer, I think. Um, it's a three-one for one in a white. So again, a, a reasonable, respectable body for limited. The first time you cycle a card each turn, it makes a one-one. Oh wow! 
Yeah. So, but yeah, okay, so that's, so you basically just end up with like loads of shit in the field and then you just like zenith flare them. Yeah. Wow. And then there's, there's another white creature, which again, I think is a common, or might be an uncommon, but re- regardless, you can get one if you're in the deck, it's not difficult. And it's a, a 2 3 for 3, but whenever you cycle a card, you can tap a creature on opponent controls. Yeah. So you tap down all our blockers. Nice. And swing in with your Horde of 1-1s and then Zenith Flare them. It's like, the, the deck, if it comes together, is ridiculous. So I was, because I've heard people talking about the um, cycling deck in sort of various contexts, and I was thinking about this the other day. Has cycling ever been this strong? I mean, it's always a really good mechanic anyway, right? So it's basically just like card draw. Mm-hmm. But has it ever been something that people would actually build decks around? The, I, last, I, the last time was really when Solar Flare was a deck, um, which is uh, a deck built around Astral Slide. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know Astral Slide. It's it's an old enchantment that basically whenever you cycle a card, you can blink a creature. Yeah. So that was all kind of about recycling your into the battlefield effects and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Astral Slide was really the last time there was a proper like dedicated cycling deck. So when was that? Because I, I, I've only sort of played with cycling in standard maybe once in Ammon Kit. Sure. When was Astral Slide? Um, Astral Slide was during the period I wasn't playing, so I don't know it off the top of my head. Onslaught. Okay, so that's like early 2000s, right? Uh, yeah, 2004 2002? 2002, right. So, yeah, because I, I don't remember it being like, a, it was a mechanic that you used and you would just like draft it to draw cards in Amonkir or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it being something that you would actively build a deck around. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit new and surprising for me. But yeah, it sounds it sounds proper stupid. I mean, the thing is, it's kind of like drafting Storm in Cube. If there's two people at the table trying to draft it, there's probably not enough cards so it it kind of self balances. And I suppose if 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 it's that like if there's that many cards with cycling, people are probably gonna maybe hedge. Yeah. On drafting it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. But um, ignoring the cycling deck, assuming the cycling deck doesn't come together, which a lot of the time it's not going to. Um, the rest of the set's really fucking sweet. It really is. I've really enjoyed. I played a lot of sealed on arena because the sealed was really good value. Yeah. Um, and since Sealed's not been available, I've played a bunch of Draft as well, and they're, they're both so much fun. They really are. Companions are maybe a wee bit too good for Draft. Yeah. Like, it's it's almost always correct to take a Companion and Draft around it if you see one early, because having the eighth card in your hand that is always there and can't be discarded... It's just, like, people aren't underestimating it as much as they were, but it's it's still, like, it's so powerful having that eighth card. I think people are getting it now. I, like, haven't played much, as I said, but I really don't like companions as a concept, and I think that's what's kind of put me off a little bit. I just don't, I don't know, just something about them, it just doesn't, I don't like it. And I can't put my finger. I can't put my finger on why, but it just. I just every time I kind of think about it, I'm like, eh. Well, we'll talk about it more when we get to to standard. Um, yeah, because that's where cause they that's, re- that's where they really shine. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, but in, in limited, I think they're they're not as they're still really powerful. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as bad as as it is in constructed. Yeah. But the the rest of the set, holy shit, mutates so much fun. It's um it's really intuitive played on arena. I've not played any of it on Magic Online, so I don't know how it is there. So here's here's another question actually that I, that I was going to ask. Just um, mutate wasn't kind of the example I was thinking of, but I guess it, it works. So nobody's played this in paper, really. Yeah. Not at any great length because it's been released mid lockdown. Mm-hmm. So if if this was if it's, assuming the lockdown doesn't exist and we're playing this in paper, right? Yeah. The thing that kind of struck me about Ikoria from the start with things like. Uh, companions and like deck restrictions and keyword counters and I guess to a lesser extent mutate was that it, it seemed very much like there were mechanics designed for arena where it was going to be much easier to track and have sort of visibility of these things than it was in paper um, what do you think it would be like playing it in paper because keyword counters were the big one that I was thinking of like they had those little punch out things, but that's that's something that's going to be much easier to kind of visualize online than it is in paper. Do you think people would struggle with it, or do you think it would just be a bit of a mess, or do you think it would be all right? I I genuinely don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. Like the thing with the the keyword counters and like all you need to do is scribble down what it is on the corner of your life pad and tear that off. Sure. Um, if you don't have the punch out counters, um, people people are used to things like plus one plus one counters and minus one minus one counters. Yeah. Um, I just think there's there's more. It's much easier to represent that and keep track of that by using a dice, and it is to like keep track of something having trample. Especially if you've got like something that's got mutate as well, and you've got a whole bunch of cards stacked on top of each other. I think the first time I looked at it, I just thought, oh, this is going to be a bit of a mess. In limited, like. I, I don't I don't really think it's that much of an issue. I okay. really don't like I, again. It's, this is coming up from a perspective of not having played the set in paper. I I could be totally off base, but I the the set's complexity level from a um mechanics perspective is high. I'm not I'm not going to argue that it is high and it's it's deliberately high. Like the designers have said that they they knew this was going to be a complex set, but I don't think. It's it's that difficult to get like the the ability counters. They're they might not be the easiest thing to represent on the battlefield, but they're really easy to get. Like people just like understand them. Yeah. Um. So as long as as long as you have a way to represent them, and yeah, you can't use dice, but that's that's not a massive issue. Um, mutate is mutate's probably the most complex to understand yeah but i think um i think the set's probably been advantaged from having a month out on arena before it's out in paper in that people get it now yeah and it's it's not as complex as it looks like it is right yeah because i I mutate is something that i i i don't understand mutate i'll read the release notes eventually and get my head around it but i do not i don't understand how mutate works like there's there's a bunch of corner cases where mutate works strangely. Um, the only one that's really going to come up in standard is um, mutate interacting with 
lands that have been turned into elementals by Nyssa, who shakes the world. Sure. But other than other than the corner cases, it's pretty simple. It's pretty easy to get, and it's really cool. Like I think that the, the complexity is really outweighed by the cool factor. That's a nice sort of segue into talking about standard. Yeah. Because um, I I like standards kind of my preferred format when I play arena, and I played a lot of standard pre Ikoria with my rural aggro deck. Um, but what's what's standard like? Because I've heard mixed. I've heard mixed reviews. So, the the big elephant in the room with standard is, or rather the, the fox in the room, I suppose, is companions. Companions are getting a lot of attention, mainly because of how they're interacting with older formats. Like, we're probably, by the time this episode is released, because the, the re- announcement's happening tomorrow. A spoiler alert, we're recording on Sunday. There's no way this episode's going to be out by tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we might have seen the first actual ban in Vintage since Shahrazad. Okay. <laughs> um, but we're not going to talk about that because we're focusing on standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, companions are interesting. Again, it's the the eighth card in hand that you always have factor. I, I played, like you mentioned, I played in the Red Bull Untapped event. Uh, the qualifier yesterday and companions are just ubiquitous. Yeah, there's there's like the odd the odd deck that you see like there's I think um there was a team or Clover deck did well in some tournament recently. Yeah, I remember someone saying and uh, uh, an MCK or something like Grulagro won that, but like I think they're kind of like they're not the norm. Yeah, t- team or Clover isn't isn't playing a companion. The the big deck that's not playing a companion is team or reclamation. Like the the wilderness reclamation deck isn't playing a companion. But other than that, all your tier one decks are playing a companion. Um, and it it's the once upon a time issue all over again, in that the games can be samey because you're you're getting that same. This this is always available. Things are always available, and that it was the that was the issue with Once Upon a Time. That's why that's kind of been banned in so many formats because it's a powerful effect that makes games too samey. And I think LSV described it as just being a, an insidious issue, in that it it's not that the effect's powerful; it's that it makes the games too samey, and that's almost worse. Because you don't want the games to be boring. So, so I was thinking about Companion as well. Um, because it comes up like on Arena, it comes up under your um, username, what Companion you've got. I don't know how that works in... I suppose you must if you're playing in paper. I can't remember what the rules say, but the must, you must have to announce that you're playing this Companion before the... You have to put in like, the command zone, you have to reveal it. So um, it's implemented slightly better on Magic Online than it is on um, Arena. But how it works is you determine who's going first. Yeah. Once you've determined who's going first, then you reveal your companion from the sideboard, and it doesn't actually change zones. Um, it's it's still in your sideboard. It's just revealed in your sideboard. Right. And then you do your mulligans and stuff. The the thing with having companions is that before, like you would you would go into a game and you would kind of even if like they play like a couple of basics, you're you're maybe not hundred percent sure what you're coming up against. Mm-hmm. When you go into an arena match and you see like a certain companion, mm-hmm. is it kind of like, oh, well, I know what this deck is. You immediately know before you start playing and then you can kind of tailor your very early game, I guess. You don't immediately know, 
because the the number of companions that are being played isn't huge, but you can narrow it down. So, yeah. like, if you if you start a game and your opponent has Yorian, then they are probably Jeskai Fires. Like, there's a a couple of other there's like there's an Esper Yorian deck, and there's a um I think there's a Teamer Fires deck. Uh, but they're they're probably they're probably Jeskai Fires. If they reveal Lurus, they're probably Boros Cycling. They might be the Orzov Auras deck. Uh, they might be Orzov Control, but they're probably Boros Cycling. If there's no companion, they're probably Teamer Teamer Because I think that's that's um something that I don't really like is like the idea that you can kind of you go in and you immediately kind of can guess what your opponent's playing to an extent. Or at least get a rough idea, like you said. Like, it might not be Jeskai Fires, but it's probably Fires. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't like that. I mean, I think it's it's honestly not that different to how it is without companions. You just get the information a little bit sooner. Yeah. Because, because normally within, like, the first couple of land drops, you can figure out what it is. Yeah. Even without a companion. Uh, now, obviously, so, some decks are more obvious than others. When your opponent goes Mountain Fervent Champion or Mountain Sparks Better, you know they're on Mono Red. Whereas if they go, um, if if they lead with like a Temple of Epiphany tapped, Temple of Epiphany tapped, then the well, no, maybe not a Temple of Epiphany, but a a Steam Vents tapped. Sure. Then they could be on either. Uh, Jeskai Fires or Team Wreck. I like that I said Temple of Epiphany tapped as if it has any other option. <laughs> yeah. Um, Temple of Epiphany, they're probably on, on Team Wreck. Sure. But if it's a Steam Vents tab, you, you don't know if they're on Jeskai Fires or, or Team Wreck. The fact that if they have uh, Yorian as their companion, then you now know they're Jeskai Fires. Yeah. Um, so how is Standard like in general as a as a as a as a standard environment it's actually fun like honestly i i don't think companions there's there's been so much talk about companions but i think the the problem with them is really in the older formats i don't think they're that much of an issue in standard because i think some of the feedback that i've heard about standard is that it's quite samey and i've heard a lot of people a lot of talk about um fires of invention being a, a, a much bigger problem than it was and that this that's people are asking for it to get banned people are always asking for stuff to get banned yeah but sometimes it's justified and sometimes it's not like do you think that and there's a world where it, it does get banned or do you think people are just they don't like to play against it in all honesty i don't think fires is the problem okay and i i don't think even in the Fires decks, I don't think Fires is the problem, and I don't think Yorian's the problem. I think Agent of Treachery's the problem. Sure, that's another people <laughs> hate. But then I suppose like Fires is making you bit you can just play it, so I don't know if that's... It's not Fires letting you play it that's the issue, it's Luca. Oh, okay. So the, the Jeskai Yorian Luca Fires deck is playing Agent of Treachery as its only creature in the main board. Sure. Um, and what it's doing is it's it's getting Luca out as soon as it can, and um, it's playing things like Omen of the Sun and Raise the Alarm, which make tokens. Yeah. And then it's 
using Luca to turn those tokens into Agents of Treachery. Sure. And Agent of Treachery can steal any permanent from your opponent. So there's like, I I had a game, uh, I don't think it was in Untapped, I think it was when I was practicing earlier in the week. I stumbled on lands, so I only had three lands on turn four. Like, which, which isn't as normal, I was playing abnormal, I was playing the cycling deck, so I'm only running 18 lands or something. And my opponent was on Luca Fires, so they, they had gone first in that game. They untapped on their turn five. They had Fires in play from the previous turn, and they had two creature tokens from a, an Omen of the Sun they'd played earlier. Yeah. And they went untapped on turn five, lo- played a land, Luca for free, minus Luca, turn one of the creatures into an Agent of Treachery, steal your only red source. Nice. Play another Luca, minus Luca, Agent of Treachery, steal another one of my lands, and then the next turn, they untapped and played Yorian and blinked their two Agents of Treachery. Oh, so basically they just kill you with your own shit? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, okay. Like, they, they either kill you with your, their own shit, or they, um, they make it so that you've got no lands, so you can't play anything. See, the thing with that, that's just, like... Losing in magic is fair enough, like it happens, but there's just something that just feels so unpleasant about something like that. Yeah. It just doesn't feel good. It's like a taxes deck or a stacks deck, and it stops you playing magic. Yeah. Which because it just sucks. steals your land. That's, I hate, I hate, I hate things like that, where it's like, when you're sitting and, and you you have nothing, and you're basically just watching your opponent do stuff mm-hmm. with your own, and it's worse when you're with your own cards. It just feels so, like, cheeky. And the... The normal downside to playing a bunch of Agents of Treachery is that if once you hit your third Agent of Treachery, like you've stolen three of your opponent's things probably, so you're drawing ten cards a turn yeah. because each of the Agents is going to make you draw an additional nine cards in your end step. Yeah. But with Yorian, you're forced to play an 80-card deck anyway, so you don't give a shit. <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay. Is that what Yorian says? You have to play exactly 80 cards? Uh, you have to play at least 20 more than the minimum for your format. Right. So if you're playing Yorian in uh, Limited, you have to play at least 60 cards. If you're playing Yorian in Constructed, you have to play at least 80. It's why you don't need to worry about Yorian in um, Commander. Oh, yeah, because you can't. Because you're not allowed to play 120 cards. Yeah. You can still play Yorian as your Commander, though. So You, know. you also you also don't have to worry about um, the Otter. Yes. The really cute Otter, which might be the fastest banning in any format I've ever seen. Yeah. What was the time? It was like minutes... Minutes between it being spoiled and uh, the uh, wasn't the was it was it the commander advisory group? The, yeah. Saying uh, this is bad. I mean, within on on the same stream as when Lutri was spoiled, the person that spoiled it within minutes said, "And this card will be banned in brawl." Ha! <laughs> that's really funny. And honestly, I I think that's fine because I'd much rather they printed interesting cards and banned them in formats where they're too powerful than didn't print the interesting cards. I want to shout out to my friend Scott, by the way, who posted a tweet when Lutri got spoiled, um, basically saying, oh, this is going to be so great. I can't wait to... I'm going to build a commander deck around it. I can't wait to, to play it. And, um, and then, like, hundreds of tweets under under his tweet just basically linking to the one where it said it had been banned. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry. So, standard doesn't... You're making it sound not quite as hellish as as I thought it was, but you're also not making me want to play it because that that agent of treachery thing just sounds miserable. Like 
it's it's not as hellish as as you might think. Um, there is definitively our best deck, I I think, and it's the Yorian Luca Fires deck. I think the issue is that I just don't like any of the decks, the sound of any of the decks. I I my, I my, I'm assuming my Gruul deck's probably going to be just trash now, but maybe not. I don't know, but like I just don't. I don't like the sound of the cycling deck. I don't like the sound of the Luca Fires deck. They just don't. They don't sound that interactive. Like the cycling deck is basically just you shit loads of stuff in your graveyard and then, and then use a Zenith Flare, and the Luck of Fires deck basically just is you just play with yourself a lot and end up with all your opponent's stuff. Like they just don't they don't sound the kind of they don't sound like the kind of decks that I like to play. The sequencing on the cycling deck can be really interesting because knowing when to cycle your cards and when to play them and how to play around things like opposing Narsets and opposing graveyard hate. Yeah. Um, can make it a lot more complicated than it first sounds. It's like the cycling deck kind of has the mono red problem where people, or the burden problem where people go, oh, it's it's an easy deck. You just need to be able to count to whatever number. Yeah. Um, but sequencing is really important. The the pants deck looks a lot of fun. The the black white auras deck. Oh, that's true. That's true. I had need to look into that. Although that doesn't sound that interactive either, to be honest. It's like boggles. Uh, no, the, nothing. Nothing's got hexproof, so it's it's actually kind of interesting. Um, Wait, oh, it's just black white, yeah. No, I was thinking of um, it's like Paradise Druid. There was a kind of green white one before mm-hmm. in Theros standard. No, you're, you're it's, it's just black white. It's in fact it's mainly white. There's there's that a handful of black cards. Sure. Um, and it's playing it's playing Lurus as its companion. So it's playing things like main deck Deadweights and Myers Grasp. Yeah. Which are the enchantments that give minus two, minus two, and minus three, minus three, respectively. Yeah. Um, and like has access to those as repeated removal through Lurus, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. It it shat on me yesterday when I was playing cycling because all of my creatures are X ones or X twos. Yeah. Um, unless I can get a big fox quickly. So the um yeah the the Myers grasps and the the, the dead weights just shit all over you. Sure. But the yeah, the, the deck the deck looks fun and it, it looks like it kinda plays a bit like boggles because you're um you're playing a bunch of enchantment creatures and putting all the glitters on them so that they get plus one plus one for each of your enchantments and artifacts. Yeah. And then bashing with this huge lifelink Alcyid thing. Um but yeah it looks it looks fun. It looks fun. The cycling deck's fun. I've enjoyed playing it. I was playing Karuga Fires before that, which is, uh, it's not using Luka, it's using either the Red Cavaliers or Inspired Ultimatums as its finisher, and that was fun, uh, but it's just not as good as Luka Fires. Yeah, just Fires has never really been a deck that appeals to me. Like, my husband played it a lot. I think he still plays it actually on Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played it a lot. He really likes it, but I just I don't know. It just not, there's that I haven't found a deck yet. I feel like I haven't been watching an awful lot. I haven't found a deck that I really want to play. It's probably quite good that this has come out when I'm like not not likely to play any huge amount of Magic. Sure. Um, because it just no, nothing really grabs me. The only thing I really want now is that that pink and blue cat pet on Arena. <laughs> yes. I'm just literally grinding for for the coins to get that. So I, I, this might be a standard where I just take my Grulagro deck into the play queue and throw that about to unlock the coins to get the cat and then wait to see how things 
shake out when it's an exit corset 21 corset to ferry corset to ferry corset to ferry yeah do you remember when they, they spoiled Corset 2021, they announced that it was going to be Teferi-themed, the same way the last one was Chandra-themed? Oh, God, yeah, I forgot the last one was Chandra-themed. Oh, fuck off. Does that mean Teferi's like, it's like we can't get away from him? Yep. Yep. Oh, Just right. as three fairies about to rotate out, we're going to get Sub- probably yeah. at least at least three more Teferi's, if not four, in the Corset. I really hope none of them are as um, as good as fuck, I hope so. Teferi. Like, I I I don't the decks that I play are really good against t- three fairy. Like I've never had an issue. I've never I've never found it to be a card that makes me want to throw shit because I can I can get rid of it really easily. My problem with Teferi or, or playing against Teferi is the same problem I have with playing with fires. Is that I like doing stuff on my opponent's turn. Yeah, I think that's the main issue. Is like people want to play the kind of more controlly style and they can't do that anymore. Yeah, it just shuts a lot of shit off. But then the, the the decks that I play are play some gruel creatures and turn them sideways, and mm-hmm. so it doesn't really bother me. Sure. And I can get rid of it, like, I can get rid of it super easy. It's like it bounces one of my creatures back to my hand and then I just kill it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't hugely fuss me, but I know that a lot of people are, like, super hate it, and it just seems like a card. It seems like a, just the most annoying card that, that they could have they could have printed. Weirdly, I've, I've, I hated the other older Teferi more. That, to me, was more obnoxious. Hero of Dominaria. Five drop to ferry, yeah. Yeah. They're, I think they're equally as obnoxious. Like, they're both at the top end of the power level. Yeah. It's like, just... Oh, now we're getting, we're getting more. Yeah. More more Teferis. I thought they just print three really shitty Teferi Planeswalkers. I hope they don't print them as a Planeswalker. I hope it's, like, three legendary creature Teferis from before he was a Planeswalker. <laughs> yeah. Or before he got his spark back. Just do that. Yeah. What would they be called? Like little boy Teferi and then like teenager Teferi. Well, remember Teferi Teferi lost his spark during Time Spiral and then got it back in Dominaria. You say remember, like A, I was playing in Time Spiral and B, yeah, I, have any were... ad- I have any idea what's going on in the lore. <laughs> okay, bold so of you to assume. In, in Time Spiral, Teferi gave up his spark to, to seal one of the time rifts. Okay. And then he got it back in um in Dominaria, I think it was Joyra that gave him it back, so you put Joyra to blame. Fuck off, Joyra. I, w- I want to say it was Joyra. Um, but yeah, so you could you could do like Teferi creatures from that intervening period, like really naff ones. Yeah. Just to just to just to keep it balanced. Yeah, exactly. Like a little white drop, a blue drop, and then like a a white blue. Yeah. That seems. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play before we move on to talking about something else. I'm going to load up Mythic Spoiler and we're going to play the Euphemism game. Okay. Because we haven't played the Euphemism game yet for this. Let me load up Mythic Spoiler and we'll look at look at the most euphemistic card names in Ikoria. A lot of them are like big monstery kind of names though, so there's not an awful lot of like, um, there's not an awful lot of euphemisms. You can't really make Illuna Apex of Wishes into a euphemism. I mean, you, you probably can. <laughs> can I? Probably. Colossification. Oh yes, oh yes, colossification. I wish you could see my eyebrow, my my eyebrows. Extin- extinction event. <laughs> uh, unpredictable cyclone. Avian oddity. Oh my. <laughs> oh, barrier breach. That's something you definitely oh. don't want. Oh no. Oh, I was thinking of one earlier, by the way. Parcel beast. Oh. That's that. That's that's when you wrap it up before you have sex with someone. Bushmeat poacher. 
That's horrible. Oh no, bastion of remembrance. <laughs> oh, Yadara, wandering monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lava brink ventioner. Excavation mole. Oh no. Exuberant wolf bear. Oh, <laughs> I'll show you my exuberant wolf bear. Leap the stampede. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh god. Oh no, I found the worst one. Swallow hole. <laughs> oh no. Greater sandworm. I love the art and cathartic reunion with the the, the, the dude beast dinosaur. Yeah. It's so cute. Hornbash mentor. <laughs> Cavern whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Jungle hollow. Uh, fully grown. <laughs> Honey mammoth. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Mutual destruction. <laughs> that's that's how I like all my encounters to end. <laughs> Keep safe. That's good advice. Yeah, that's very good advice. Mystic subdual. Is that just me? <laughs> oh, serrated scorpion. <laughs> Suffocating fumes. Oh no. Oh no. Unex- unexpected fangs. <laughs> Wasn't that a horror film? Oh yeah, it's not called like Teeth or something. Yeah. It's just actually called Teeth. Have you seen that? I've not seen it. I don't know if I. Spontaneous Flight. Shredded Sails. I would, I would. (laughs) That happens shortly after the Spontaneous Flight. Yeah. Tentative Connection. I love that Tentative Connection, on Mythic Spoiler, Tentative Connection and Wilt are right next to each other. (laughs) And it's (laughs) The connection didn't work out that well. It's like step one. Yeah. Step two. Oh dear. Void beckoner. Nice. Oh, offspring's revenge. That comes much later. <laughs> that must much later. Yeah. Song of creation. That happens first. Yes. Uh, death's oasis. Um, labyrinth raptor. Slither wisp. Oh. Gyruda doom of depths. <laughs> oh. Um. Dire Tactics? We've all been there. We've all we been have. there. Back for more. Boneyard Mycodrax? The Ozolith. Yes. I'm into the I'm into the um commander cards now. Because there was a commander set out as well. Oh god, Did yes, you? so there was. We're playing the game of um as well with the the lands all sounding like euphemisms for a vagina. Yeah. Like Jungle Hollow. Yep. Windscarred Crack. Oh my god. <laughs> Scoured Barons. Tag yourself, I'm a Bonders Enclave. <laughs> I'm Exotic Orchard. <laughs> Is that one of the Commander ones? Yeah. Okay, we did okay, given that I thought it was just all going to be like monster names that weren't really going to work. Yeah. That we did okay. I like that. Calamax the Storm Sire. Calamax? Yeah. Nice. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes, obviously. Tweet us at Scourge Divas and tell us what your favourite Ikoria euphemism card name is. If we've missed if we've missed any as we quickly scroll through. Casey, after the after the uh, after we finish recording, I'm gonna show you my Venetius Great Shark. Oh, please do. <laughs> Ravenous Gigantotherium. <laughs> That's what I call it. Casey, you've had several weeks since we last recorded to 
brew some pent up anger. I have. To just kind of cultivate it off off recording. Actually, it's it's been funny because being locked inside with the world going to absolute shit has just made me depressed more than anything else. It's not made me angry. Like I've been I've been angry at our fucking stupid Prime Minister balls and everything up. That's fair. And and I've been angry at America's fucking stupid president balls and everything up over there as well. Well I can't think of um I can't think of a card name for the sort of miserable version of Tibble's Radio off the top of my head. Oh no no I'm angry again now. Okay <laughs> I mean I hope this isn't linked to the fact that I'm here. No, no no not I've at just, all. I've just <laughs> it's like Casey hasn't actually spoken to me like voice to voice for literally weeks and now she's like fuck's sake actually raging this bitch no, is back it's, it's, it's because I played in the Red Bull Untapped event yesterday and it made me fucking oh fucking furious I feel like I know where this is going okay let's uh, let's let's go so it was a massive event and it was run using MTG Melee which is a, a website for running online tournaments which is it's software that's still relatively in its infancy. This is by far, by far the biggest event that's been held on there. Yeah. By far the biggest online magic tournament that's ever been held. And there were some tech issues, which is... Understandable. Kind of to be expected. Yeah. Um, the technical staff were on hand. Like, the, the MTG Melee staff were in voice chat with the uh, the tournament centre staff, the tournament organisers all day. I know they deployed multiple hot fixes to the site throughout the day. Yeah. Um they they did what they could. And I'm not angry about the the technical issues. Like the shit happens. Yes it's annoying. Yes it's unfortunate. It led to a lot of people having a, a lot of downtimes on their stream. Yeah. Uh, things like that. People were waiting around for, for a long time. But like in, in big big paper events, like sometimes you have things like that happen. Like there was Yeah. What 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 GP was it recently where like everything just died? I think it was like it was one of the US ones a couple of years back where there was just some major issue and it was like delayed for about four hours or something. Yeah. So yeah. it's like shit like this happens in paper it, as well. Like it's it, it does happen and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's 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 annoying. But that's that's not why I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off with the fucking players. This is because... basically you could just basically transpose that one sentence into pretty much every single Tibbles Rage we've ever done. A, a, a lot of it, yeah. Casey's a, a pissed off it. with the players. So there 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 were technical issues and the event was being run through MTG Melee and through the Red Bull Untapped Discord. And the the staff were all working through both the Discord and the the melee backend to to try and process things. And I know from having spoken to the staff that there were points where there were so many tickets being raised on melee that it was impossible to mark that you were dealing with any of them. Because between you getting your mouse over the ticket and clicking the mouse button... Um, it had moved three spaces up the list. Yeah. So you were clicking on the wrong one. Uh, that's how quickly they were coming in. But the Discord was an absolute fucking shit show. A complete shit show. And that had everything to do with the, the fucking idiot players in there and nothing to do with the staff. The staff were repeatedly going in and saying, 
don't refresh NTG Melee, it'll post your pairings automatically, it'll just, like, refreshing it will just increase the server load and mean that it takes longer for the pairings to get out. So yeah. people were just refreshing it. They were in the, the Discord saying, you don't need to tell us that you don't have pairings because we know, we know you don't have pairings. Uh, but it was impossible to read that message because it was scrolling so fast with all the people posting that they don't have pairings. When there was a delay at the end of round one, it was impossible for the staff to communicate to people to stop posting memes about how bored they were in the chat because oh of God. the number of memes that were being posted about how bored they were. Like, the chat was full of shit. It was unusable to the point of, like, ridiculousness. People posting their opponent's name and nothing more in the chat when they were trying to get in touch with their opponent. Like, not not at my opponent's Discord handle. Just their name. Helpful. Just their name. How how how's that how's that useful to anyone? Your opponent's not gonna see that. Because it's scrolled three miles up the page due to forty thousand other people doing exactly the same thing. God. There there was there was an instant where the the staff were having to say in chat and through the announcements feature on Melee multiple times, once your result's been entered, please don't change it. Now, I, 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 I heard a story, actually, and I found out there's, there's somebody I know that one of the reasons the round one was so heavily delayed was that um, a player kept changing the result to say that they'd won. Yeah. Because even though they, they hadn't turned up for their match, mm-hmm. and the win had therefore been awarded to their opponent. Yeah. And they kept changing the result on MTG Melee so that it was they'd won. Yeah. And that was a big reason why round one was so delayed. Well, the, the thing is that having spoken to some of the, the back-end staff about it as well, when they were trying to generate the pairings for round two, that result was being changed, yeah. which stops the pairings generation. Yeah. So I, I don't have the exact number, but they had to try and create pairings for round two multiple, multiple times. Which, of course, because... is, is just going to make everything run slower as well. Yeah. it takes a long time to do that. Yeah. Because people kept changing the result, and like this, this apparently was happening in later rounds as well. Like I'm, I'm going off when this was being announced and when the announcements were coming through on Melee. It appears to me that this was happening in later rounds as well. That people were going in and and changing the results after they had been entered, which was stopping the pairings from being generated. And it's someone compared it to if it was a paper GP. The players handing the results slip in, it making it through to the box where the the scorekeeper sits, and between it getting to the box where the scorekeeper sits and the scorekeeper entering result the result, the player going up and eating the results slip. <laughs> and it's it's like I understand that you're frustrated, folks. I understand that. It's, this is not the situation you want to be in. But every single person that was changing the results or refreshing the page or posting shite in the Discord was just making the delays worse. They were just making it more difficult for themselves, for everyone else, for the tournament staff. 
like I I played all eight rounds because I I I wanted to. I was having fun, and for me that day lasted from uh, eight a.m. to seven p.m. That was an eleven hour event. The staff would have been they would have started probably an hour before that and would almost certainly have had work to do after the event ended as yeah. well. And I know that um, there were two staff shifts and some of them finished up around about round three or something, um, which they were expecting to have been round four or five or six having finished. But because of the delays, it was round three. So they had like half the number of staff for the back half of the event. And it was just like the players made it miserable. Again, an evergreen sentence. Yeah. And they made it even more miserable by their moaning about the the staff not doing what they were supposed to do. And them moaning about the staff not doing what they were supposed to do was what was making it impossible for the staff to do their job. Yeah. It's kind of like um, how you, when you go to a shop and you start giving the last of the works and they tell agro because um, the something's more expensive than you would have got it in a, a shop down the road. Yeah, it's like you're you are you are picking the worst person to complain to, the person that has the least amount of influence over what what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw somebody saying I can't remember if it was like on 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 a Discord or on Twitter that some people were like complaining that they'd had such a horrible time in this tournament. They were demanding like free entry to another tournament. And I, it's I, like that, that was me. I saw that and I I saw that in Discord. Like someone in the Discord, someone in the Red Bull Untapped Discord was. As far as I can tell, seriously complaining that uh, they had, had had such a miserable time, they wanted to drop and get a free entry to uh, a future event. And it's like, the events are all free. <laughs> if you want to drop, there's a literally a drop button on your player controller in MTG Melee. If you click that button, it will drop you. Saying in Discord, I want to drop, will do nothing because the staff won't see it because of the number of people fucking complaining about bullshit. If you want to drop, you click the drop button and then all the events are free, so... Crack on? There, there, there you go, crack on, exactly. You've got free entry to every future event. Your, your wish is my command. You didn't pay for this one, you're not going to pay for any of the future ones. Ta-da! <laughs> so just dad on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Witchcraft. Yeah. So basically, the lesson that we're we're hearing here is that magic players ruin everything. Magic players ruin everything. When the even st- a free online event. When the staff tell you to stop doing something, stop doing it. Obey basic instructions. Yeah. Like just use your use your use your grown up ears. If a tournament official says, "Stop posting memes in chat," stop posting the fucking memes. If a tournament official says, if you do this, it will continue to make the event shit. Yeah. Maybe don't do maybe it. Maybe don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> like, and it's like, this is just, it, it sounds so stupid to say, but it's like, just don't, it's, just it's, listen. It's simple fucking logic. Fucking hell. The, the other thing was like the chat leading up to the event being full of Americans complaining that it started at three in the morning. Get saying, a fucking grip, like... Why? Why are Why are there no qualifiers that are are like good times for Americans? Like, welcome to our fucking life. Yeah, welcome to welcome to Europe. Yeah, 
like, welcome to the, the Australia, which probably has it worse, to be fair, because they were on the literal other side of the world. Yeah. It's just another thing of people that just assume that magic has just come so, like, centred around the US, and it's like, the moment it's not, for, for, for one thing, everybody just loses their shit. And it's like, I, saw, no, I like, saw someone, again, as far as I can tell, seriously, post something along the lines of, I understand that you hate American magic players and are doing this to, to piss them off, and that's fine because I hate them too, but we're in Brazil and you're unnecessarily punishing us. It's like... <laughs> Fuck off! I do, however, like, that's fine, we hate them too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. So basically, magic players ruin everything. Magic players ruin everything, as always. And uh, this, is the on- yeah. this is the ongoing theme of Tybalt's Rager. What, what magic players have done now? Tune in next time to find out what, what magic... What personal affront Casey has had to bear from, from magic players. Casey, we've talked about how you can still play magic from the comfort of your own home in these these uh, lockdown times through Arena and Magic Online, which is yeah. which is, is great. It's a way to socialise. It's a way to still you know keep up with your hobby. There's another game we can play when we're in lockdown. What's that? It's, it's called Shite or Delight. That sounds amazing. Tell me more. <laughs> so Shite or Delight is where either Casey or I will, will have a list of topics that we will read out and the other one will have to dictate whether they are shite or a delight. It's great fun that the list can can stem from can can go from magic related things to to mundane everyday occurrences. I've got a list for Casey. Wonderful. Are you ready for Are you ready to rate some stuff? I am. I'm I'm like poised and ready. Poised and ready for shite or delight. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Player drafting an arena. Delight. My baby. Absolute delight. The most delightful thing. She's adorable. <laughs> She's so cute. Uh, not even being halfway through twenty twenty. Shite. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a grim thought though? Yeah. It fucking bleaks that. I was like, oh my god, it feels like it's about 2023. Yeah. Uh, companions. Shite. Narset of the Ancient Way. Delight. The UK Prime Minister. Total shite. The NHS. Delight. Fucking love the NHS. Clapping for the NHS workers every Thursday night, but not observing lockdown restrictions the rest of the time. Shite. Don't be a dick. Yeah, uh, seeing stop a, it. Seeing a dog on your daily exercise walk. Delight. It's the highlight. It's the absolute highlight of my daily exercise. Onulet. Delight. Everybody's favourite ugly table. Uh, yeah. magic, magic players. Shite. Going to the pub when this is all over. As long as it's not a Weatherspoons, delight. Yeah, don't go to fucking Weatherspoons. Guy that owns it's a wank. I have. A, I just remembered something by the way when I was uh, reading that list out. Um, so I don't. I don't go outside and clap for the NHS because mm-hmm. not because I hate the NHS or the key workers, but because I just. I just think it's a really hollow gesture. And it, it, just, is. it, it, it totally seems is. a bit like yeah. you've you've got people now messaging going. I just didn't like one of my friends put on Facebook that someone had put in their like sort of block of flats group chat or their like neighbourhood group chat that they hadn't seen people in like such and such a street out clapping everybody needs to come and clap next time it's just turned into such a big fuck it was a nice a nice gesture at first but it's just turned into such a fucking cliquey horrible thing that people you know all go and stand and then there's things like on west there's a westminster bridge where they had all the members of the public are all like taking photos of all the other people clapping yeah standing right next to each other and it's just turned into such a, a a horrible cliquey naff thing yeah. I'm kind of not really wording what I want to say properly, but you know what I mean. Like it's, it's just it's it's turned from a celebration into fucking jingoism. 
Yeah, and exactly. It's it's just like no, we just give them more fucking money. It's also but it's always been a little bit cringe. Yeah. But it just the more the more um the more I see it, the more cringe it becomes. Like mm-hmm. it's not that I don't appreciate people that are going out to work. Like I have a lot of friends that are you know, that, that work in hospitals that are, you know, key workers, work in care homes, whatever. Uh, our our friend Sam works for Royal Mail delivering post. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sam, because I know Sam's going to be listening to this. Shout out um, to Hour of Devastation. Shout out to Hour of Devastation podcast, by the way. When you finish listening to this, go and listen to Hour of Devastation, because yeah. uh, <laughs> Joe and Sam are much more knowledgeable in magic than I am. Oh, way um, more. Totally. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not even close. We're like the shit posting podcast. Yeah. Um. There's also a, an episode that I think we did before Christmas where we 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 did a I was on it. We did a, a quiz to see who the best UK podcast was, mm-hmm. and I won't tell you the result of that. You have to go listen to it yourself. Okay. But uh, it's not that I hate key workers. I just I just think it's a bit naff. So I was in the hospital for like Monday till Thursday night when I had my daughter mm-hmm. um so i was there thursday and like thursday night it was just we were miserable because nobody was allowed in the room uh, it was like me and my husband and every time you like called for a midwife to to get you something because you weren't allowed out of the room yeah like if you wanted if you wanted water you had to buzz a midwife yeah and the midwives would stand at the door and shout into you to see what you wanted and if it was something that they could get you like if you wanted like a water jug filled up or something they would go and do it and then just hand it back to you at the door for right. like social distancing yeah if you actually needed a midwife or something they would go and send one in so we basically saw nobody because there was no visitors yeah um and i was it was just miserable and i was in so much pain because i'd had a cesarean section and we were exhausted and we were just it was horrendous so we i deliberately did everything I could to get discharged about 36 hours after I'd had surgery, mm-hmm. which is not not normal. But anyway, yeah. so we're sitting there and we're, we're miserable and we're just waiting for somebody to come and discharge us because I'd met all the criteria. And um, the midwives like, kept sticking their head around the door and was like, oh, look outside, look outside. And like all the police and that lined up their cars outside the hospital with the sirens going. Yeah. Um, and they had like a, 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 a police piper and that was like playing pipe, was going to like play pipe music or whatever. Um, and they'd all put other the sirens were all on and the lights were all on and it was like the, the the midwives not all the midwives presumably but like a lot of this NHS staff had like gone outside mm-hmm. to kind of clap and whatever because the police were there to applaud them and yeah. there was a couple of members of the public that lived nearby there and I was like watching this happen I was like for fuck's sake can you please just come back and sign discharge me so I can go home. <laughs> But, like, the midwives kept, like, putting their head from the door. I don't know if they were just, like, to be like, oh, remember to clap, remember to clap. And it's the only time that I've ever clapped because I just, I, I was, like, standing in the middle of this hospital. Yeah. And I was like, shit, now I have to. Oh, they'll, just, they'll think I'm a dick. I was like, yeah, like, they're, they're specifically saying remember to clap. And I'm like, okay. Like, it's like the last thing. I really appreciate all the NHS stuff. Like, all the midwives. Oh, the, totally. the, the midwives were The midwives were phenomenal. I love the midwives. They were all so nice yeah the, the doctor who kept insisting that i was fine and like my 40th i would have labor and didn't eat a section her not so much <laughs> <laughs> fuck her <laughs> the midwives though were, were were all super nice so it's like i don't i don't not appreciate them but i had to i just don't i don't want to stand and fucking clap at this window like i just it's the only time i've ever had to do it and it was like the most half-hearted clap ever mm-hmm. and i felt like such a dick and then i felt really jealous because my husband was holding the baby so he couldn't yeah and i just had to stand at this window and like clap my hands oh. like 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 a, like an arsehole and it's like no please I'll, I'll just i'll just vote i'll vote for a party that'll, that'll 
give you more money. Just yeah, exactly. Do that. Me. Do that. And then like we were like after the after we'd clapped for a, a minute or however long it is like we're we're sitting there. I was like, please just discharge me because I I want my mum. I want to go home. I want my mum to like look after me for a while. Yeah. The police killers, like, when they were driving away, started driving past with their sirens. Like, they would put their sirens on as, like, a sort of audible salute to the yeah. hospital. And they kept, like, doing that. And the baby was, like, waking up. And I was like, can you not? Please stop. <laughs> like, please stop. You're making the baby cry. They kept waking her up. I was like, this is just a shit show from this start is just to finish. Rubbish. Anyway, that was that was my rant on the only time I've I've ever clapped for the NHS because I felt obliged to because I was literally standing in a hospital. I've never done it. If you want to bang a pot out of the window every Thursday evening, then then crack on. But just vote for a party that's gonna improve the NHS and not be so full of idiots. Yeah. Frankly. Casey, if people want to find you on, on social media and engage with you about any of the topics we've covered in this episode, how can they do such a thing? You can find me on Twitter at PurpleSnap or um, on Instagram at PurpleSnap or you can reach me through the Scourge Divas Twitter at Scourge Divas or email us at scourge.divas at gmail.com and lastly, you'll find me streaming a lot more often on twitch.tv slash scourgedivas. We, I really encourage people to join us, especially on a, a Sunday, as every Sunday from now until lockdown is over, we'll be doing mandatory happiness jackbox streams open to, to everyone. thoroughly recommend those, by the way. They're great fun. So much fun. They're so great fun. fun. I, I usually uh, join in and chat, assuming that I'm not up to my elbows and like baby formula but they're yeah. great they're, they're great fun and um the people that come and hang out in our chat are mostly really good friends of ours so it's yeah. just it's it's great but everybody honestly if you haven't if you haven't joined yet come and join in in our chat and you will be one of our very good friends because we well, have a, we have a really lovely community of super nice people who mm-hmm. come and play with us it's great i would completely recommend that um if you want to get in touch with me you can find me on twitter at hey worst artist or on instagram under the same name and i'm also picking up uh, emails and things on the, the Scourge Divas accounts so you can you can contact us there look after yourselves in lockdown yes. don't be a fanny wash your hands don't go out wash your hands don't go out unless you absolutely have to um, check in online with your friends and family make sure they're doing okay because it's just really not fun being in lockdown uh, play a lot of arena uh, let us know what you've been up to um, let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about on, on future episodes yeah because the lack of um, the lack of events and, and stuff means that we, we don't have those to talk about anymore. But yeah, if there's anything you want you want us to look at, whether it's a, a game you can think of that you want us to play or something you want us to, to do, then let us know. We miss you. We do miss you. We're always open to suggestions. And yeah. hopefully if we all observe the uh, lockdown, lockdown policies, then it will be over sooner rather than later and we can get back to a little bit of normality. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.